Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. And uh, so happy to be with you. We're in our 20th year of being on Voice America, bringing you amazing people. And today is no exception. I've been working with this incredible leader for at least 10 years on my program. Her name is Paula A. Marshall, and she is the Chief Executive Officer of Bama Industries. And Bama um, is a company that provides a lot of the fast foods for fast food chains, such as apple pies, pizza dough. She works with McDonald's, with Pizza Hut, with Walmart. And this is a family-owned business that started over 80 years ago. And she took the helm in 1970. Actually, she took the helm in 1984 as the CEO, but she joined the company in 1970. And she provides strategic leadership and direction to the entire organization. Her vision stands as a beacon for Bama team members, which is people helping people be successful. She assumed responsibility as the CEO of Bama companies in 1984, as I said, and now it's global. Uh, They have Bama Pie, Bama Foods, Bama Frozen Dough, Beijing Bama, Bama Europa, and they have also expanded under her leadership to a variety of frozen desserts and baked goods to fast food chains. So she's the author of five books. And the most recent uh, book is The Executive Entrepreneur with Jim Stowell. And my favorite of her books is Finding the Soul, S-O-U-L, of Big Business. So welcome, Paula. Thank you, Patricia. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, Yeah, you know, we were talking off air about, um, you know, what's going on now. We're in 2021, and uh, we have been through covid And we now um, are kind of in another stage of COVID because the variant is upon us. So we're in a sort of another iteration of this. And, you know, it's affected everything. It's affected people's attitudes. It's affected jobs. And it's also somehow affected a shortage of workers, which somehow is almost surprising because you would think there would be more people would want to work during this time, um, you know, because, um, you know, we need the work. But talk about that. Talk about, you know, kind of the shortage, how it's affected Bama and where you see it. Um, How do you think it all started? Yeah, well, I think, you know, what people were trying to do 18 months ago and when people had to go and shut down businesses and hibernate their houses and they couldn't go out, I think the concept of, you know, some relief money for businesses and also for, for individual people has has been welcomed, but I think what happened is as we're starting to open the country back up, when the when the subsidies continue, um, I think it it sort of disincentivizes people to come back, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, I think there's just a, an overlap of all the support and the economy opening back up, and I think that has caused a lot of confusion and, um, you know, for people to just be continuing to stay home, <clears throat> at least at this point, the the last uh, statistic I looked at was there are 10 million job openings in the United States as of right now, and mm. only about 6 million people every week applying for the job. So, you know, we're looking at a cross 
um, across the whole supply chain. We're looking at, for the first time in, a, you know, really a very long time, Bama has been <clears throat> running out of supplies, shorted supplies that <clears throat> we have vendors that we've uh, counted on them for our supplies and to keep us in supply that have just called and says we don't have any any workers to fulfill your orders, much less the workers downstream. And so we're finding ourselves running out of a lot of different ingredients that is kind of shocking. So you start hearing about these shortages of people, and it filters all through a lot of different industries that affect our supply chain, and of which, of course, which we're supplying uh, the, you know, the nation's largest restaurant chain. And mm-hmm. I think if you look at, you know, what's going on in some of the restaurant chains right now, you're starting to see they don't have any tomatoes or Taco Bell ran out of lettuce or they don't have any mm. corn shells to, you know, to uh, sell. They can't sell tacos. I mean, you're you're starting to see this show up in the, in the nation's restaurants. Mm. And I've also seen a lot of our customers have to collapse back down um, when they were going to start trying to open their restaurants and open their dining rooms. They've had to collapse those conversations back down because they just can't get the workers. So I think this is a phenomenon that may be here for a while, and I think people are just going to have to realize that, you know, it's not just you that's staying home. It's you and six or seven million other people, and that affects the supply chain and affects your goods and services. I haven't talked to very many people the last month that have been able to buy something that they wanted to buy, even if it was a piece of furniture a car, um, you know, much less going to, uh, you know, you need a new set of tires or you need, you know, something new at the at the stores. I've been hearing about more outages at the stores. You know, you can't mm. buy a mixer right now. You mm. can't buy a tire right now. You know, you can't buy a, a sofa or get any deliveries on any furniture or things like that. And I yeah. think in the U.S., Americans aren't really used to that. So it's right. going to be with us for a while. Wow. What's your, um, what do you think can be done? I know, you know, as you said, I mean, this is what's happening. What are you trying to do at Bama to work with this? I mean, um, you know, what are your strategies around this? Well, we've been working with a lot of our vendors. We're asking people to communicate with us very early and and, uh, be a system player and let us know early. Don't wait till the last minute. We had some suppliers last week that didn't tell us that they were about to run out, and they called and said, well, as of noon tomorrow, we won't have any of X. And so that causes our company to have to go into a lot of firefighting and knee-jerk reactions to either change vendors or eliminate that step in our process, uh, you know, with by some other means. And it causes us to then have, product that we have to then review before we send to our customers, and then we have to get our customers on the phone and say, okay, we changed ingredient X, Y, or Z, or we changed process A, B, or C, and we're looking at the product right now, and we're doing an internal taste testing and a cutting, so um, can we go ahead and approve that from our internal cutting? And most of our customers are just saying yes, you know, just give us what you can. So... Mm -hmm even if it's not the actual target of what we were trying to make for them 
all along, which would would have been deemed an, an uh, unacceptable, maybe you know, six months ago. Now we're you know people are saying, okay, well we need this product on the menu, so go ahead and send it, even though it's not perfect. But mm-hmm. I mean, we're we're never going to violate any of our food safety or our safe work procedures. Right. It's just that when you can't get certain ingredients, you know, when you're baking something at home, Patricia, you can't get baking soda. You have to go and substitute something else, cream of tartar or mm-hmm. something else. That That's the kind of things I'm talking about that we're having to do because many of these ingredients come from other parts of the world, Mexico, mm-hmm. China, uh, you know, Thailand, Singapore. You know, the, many of these types of ingredients come from all over the world. And COVID was an international uh, debacle yes. for everyone. Yes. Yeah, so it wasn't just us. Everyone was shutting down factories and closing and putting people in, you know, quarantines and things like that. So it's not just a U.S. problem. It's a worldwide global issue. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. But it sounds, though, as though your your customers are being understanding about it. Yes, because they're not they just hearing be. it from us. They're hearing it from many other of their other suppliers. So it's right. not just a one. It's not just us who sit here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or us who are making, you know, breakfast goodies or pizza or whatever. It's they're hearing it from every yeah. every yeah. supplier, whether it's cheese, yeah. tomatoes, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, sauce, uh, no. vegetables. No. It's, now, let me ask you something. Everywhere. You know, everybody's... My question is, if, if you substitute something, as you said, cream of tartar for something else, um, does that affect the taste, or are you able to work around that enough that it doesn't affect the product? Well, anytime you can't get your specific ingredients that you're used to using, there are some minor changes that occur. And so right. what our job is, is to take our internal teams who do all of the sensory work and do all of the tasting for for our products every day is we put have to put a special um, you know emergency process in place where we go and I've been out to all the facilities this week and I've been on phone calls and we've had you know lots and lots of meetings about these things that we're running out of and what ours what we're having to substitute and so we go to the plants, we look at the products over multiple shifts, we look at everything we can possibly look at, and and we have to decide, you know, is this something that we can ship to the customer or, or not? And if we can't ship it, oftentimes it's, a, it's something that they're going to run out of at their store, you know, if we don't ship it to them. So mm-hmm. it's a very big... Um, a very big problem. It's a very universal. It's happening to everyone. And to be honest, the really, really, really root cause is people cannot get people to come in and work. I mean, that's the bottom line in all of these countries. It's the same problem we hear over and over and over is labor shortages, people not wanting to come back after the COVID situation. What are you doing to protect us? You know, and we've put in a lot of different um, policies and programs uh, to help protect people. But one of the things we're not doing is mandating the vaccines because 
I'm really close with my people, and I talk to a lot of my people every single week. And people have a lot of different reasons, Patricia, for not taking that. They have personal reasons. They have religious reasons. They have a, a history of problems with uh, with these different uh, drugs or whatever it is that the ingredients that are in there that they're afraid of. And so we're doing daily COVID tests at the plant. You know, we're we're allowing for people to uh, have a personal opinion, which is mm-hmm. what we feel um, mm-hmm. meets our. Um, you know, our personal philosophies at Bama about people helping people be successful. Right. And so, so you don't, you know, right. and, you, and so you don't mandate, if we don't right, you mandate. don't, right, you don't mandate the vaccine. You let people make up their own minds. Yes. Now, we provide a lot of education, Patricia, where we're yeah. constantly talking about, you know, the good that it does, but we're also cognizant of the, you know, the most recent things that, um, you know, the vaccines are running down or you go and, you know, you need another shot now. And so that just starts compounding if we start mandating these things, because what if we mandate it and they still get it? You know, it's like, wow, you know, you made me violate my personal beliefs on this and I still got COVID. So I think we're a long way from really understanding uh, what's really going on and how much of our personal uh, antibodies are stored, you know, in our bodies, how much can we, you know, defend if we get in better shape and we take more vitamins and we go to the health club and we eat right. right. I mean, I know it sounds stupid and ridiculous, but it's actually true. You know, the healthiest people are not getting the sickest. Yeah, and I want to tell you, that's so interesting because, as you know, I teach webinars every day. And they're all Mm -hmm. about, you know, working with COVID and understanding and what can we do to help ourselves. And I do a whole piece on self-care. You know, exercise, nutrition, sleep, and how important that is because the stronger your body is, right, the more your immune system is stronger. So it really, really does make a difference. And your brain, too. When you exercise and the serotonins are released in your brain, then you have a better attitude because you feel better because of the positive endorphins. So, you know. I don't think we can not say that enough, Patricia, and I've personally added comments into our plant communications over the last um, couple of months to just remind people, you know, get outside, take a walk. I know it's hot, but, you know, get, get twenty at least 20 minutes of exercise in your body every day. Do the right things for your body. Eat right. You know, drink a lot of water. Um, you know, take vitamins, you know, because your food doesn't contain as many vitamins as we would like to think it does anymore because so much of our food is, is, is processed. Yes, and I talk about that too, trying to, you know, stay away from totally processed food. You know, and, mm-hmm. and trying to work mm-hmm. with more things that are more natural. Yeah, right. Yeah, and it, in our case, we don't we don't use a lot of preservatives. We don't use a lot of artificial colorings, and we don't use a lot of chemicals in our food. Our food is pretty much real food, and so mm-hmm. um, I think people can can eat our food, but you know, you're not going to eat that five mornings a week and then not get any exercise and not you know, um, right. take vitamins and get your rest and, and get some exercise. It's, it just doesn't work like that. It's balancing. It's being able to balance yeah. everything. 
Yes, yeah. And you actually you actually have a whole health center for your team members, right? Where they can exercise and, and um right. Isn't it a whole a fitness center? Yes, it's uh well we have fitness centers actually at all of our facilities. So we have three facilities here in Tulsa. We have one in Poland and, and two plants in the UK. And we actually have exercise equipment in each one of those um, facilities. And, you know, we have a couple of treadmills. We have some bikes. Um, we have some weights and some, some different programs with trainers and classes and all kinds of stuff that people can do right there while they're at work, while they're, you know, maybe they take five minutes and grab something to eat and then they go, you know, walk on the treadmill for the last 15 minutes of their of their lunch yep. period. So, you know, we're trying to uh, induce all of that good behavior that we possibly can. Yeah, which is so important, so important. All right. Well, we're going to take a break and when we come back, we'll talk more to Paula about her company. You know, it's very focused on team members. I really want to talk about her two books, but she has several books. But the one that I love focusing on is finding the soul of big business because even though she wrote this a while ago, um, all these principles are really there. And I have visited Bama and I have seen how team members really support each other and, and how that philosophy really holds true and really helps productivity as well. And so you're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back with Paul Marshall. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, many doctors prescribe basic pharmaceuticals to their patients who aren't feeling well or have various aches or pains. Is this the right course of action for all patients? We don't think so. Find out about healthy, natural ways to help you feel your best by tuning in to the CBD Ed Show with host Ed Cheney. Ed and his guests will explain full-spectrum CBD, using the whole hemp plant for good health and answer all of your questions about CBD and natural treatment in general. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you looking for a happy lifestyle? Now that's a crazy question, isn't it? Everyone wants to be happy, but we struggle in trying to figure out how to get there. Want help with that? Then tune in to Say Yes, Be Happy with Natalie Botros. Find out about the Bon Vivant Girl lifestyle and learn how to enjoy every aspect of life and be happy. Say Yes, Be Happy. Listen live every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. You are listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And today, my guest is Paula A. Marshall. She's been on the show for about 10 years. She is really an amazing individual. She is the Chief Operating Officer of Bama Industries, and they make all of the fast food desserts, or many of them, for um, a lot of the chains, such as Pizza Hut, Walmart. And their biggest client is McDonald's, who has stayed with them for all of these years, many, many decades, um, when her father was uh, was the CEO. So, And she took over the helm in 1984. And now Bama Pie or Bama Companies has grown. So it's Bama Pie, it's Bama Foods, it's Bama Frozen Dough, it's Beijing Bama, Bama Europa. And under Paula's leadership, it's even expanded to provide a wide variety variety of frozen desserts and baked goods to fast food chains and again casual and family dining restaurants so um, she's written five books uh, her most recent is with Jim Stovall and it's called the executive entrepreneur so how do you combine being an entrepreneur with entrepreneurial skills when you're an executive and uh, when you're an entrepreneur how do you use those executive skills so she has that book and then one of my favorites is finding the soul so you of big business so welcome back Paula all right. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, we were talking off air about how I do these corporate webinars almost daily, and I'm doing them on assertive communication, um, you know, handling uh, going back to the workplace after COVID, um, having resilience, um, being able to communicate effectively, uh, customer service, dealing with conflict, and your question to me was, well, what are people saying? And, you know, they are saying that they are nervous, you know, that that uh, mm-hmm. they're nervous to go back, particularly because of the variant, the virus. Also, a lot of them have loved remote work. They, you know, they, they enjoyed being at home. Some haven't. Some want to get back. But a lot of people really, um, there's statistics around this, too. That a lot of people have been, you know, happy with remote work. So it's, it's, pretty, um, it's pretty amazing. And I think also, too... You know, this whole feeling of, you know, the sphere and being able to handle it and control it, I think, is important. And also being able to express and openly discuss. I think people are sometimes afraid of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think uh, that's interesting. But I will read you a statistic here that says that 33% of Americans mention positive impacts to their relationships, including being able to spend more time with spouses, children, or other family members who no longer have to spend their days at work or school. Others pointed to ways in which regular video chats have helped them connect with more distant family than in pre-pandemic times. And mm-hmm. 26% of Americans say that their lives have improved in terms of having a slower-paced life, more hobbies, and more ability to get things done, and more freedom to relax. Six in ten Americans mm-hmm. have a new appreciation for, hum- for, for nature, and a lot of people have uh, loved the Victory Garden, 79%. So that's pretty, you know, that's really something. I mean, there have been some benefits in that. But, um, you know, I do think that people are also very anxious. 50% of Americans say they're anxious about resuming in-person interactions once it's safe to do so, even if they were vaccinated. 
So that's half. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's a lot. That's part of what's driving people's fear in returning back to work. You know, and then you've got the whole conversation about the vaccines, and then you've got trying to respect each person's individual rights, and you've got that conversation, and you've got, well, what's the company doing to protect us? And so we're giving people all the tools, and if people feel comfortable wearing a mask and they don't want to stand near someone or sit near someone, we're, we're allowing more tables in our break rooms. You know, we're, we're, we're giving people the opportunity to wear a mask if, they're, if they feel comfortable. That makes them feel more comfortable, whether... It is or it isn't. You know, it's not. Again, all these things are coming down to, I think, the workforce in America is highly anxious. And um, all of that anxiety is kind of driving people to stay home and, and coupled with the ability, you know, at least until a certain point in the future when there's when there's no more money coming and the rent relief has to resume, you have to start paying your rent again things like that, I think, you know, that it's going to be a while for all of that to wash out um, all the anxiety that's out there. So, you know, we don't really cure it. We just kind of keep pushing the ball down the road. And I think eventually we'll come to a place where we'll realize that this is these are viruses they're a lot more deadly, of course, than, than some we've ever had. But it's a common occurrence in humans that we, you know, we have viruses and, you know, things do pass through us. And there are, you know, uh, medications out there that we can take that have been proven to, you know, be effective in it. And so we don't have to be sick so long and we don't have to all go to the hospital. We don't have to, you know, die from these things. So it's a... It's a process that everyone's going to have to go through, I think, uh, for themselves. And um, I just think when you go to the marketplace and you are looking for things that you've always had them available, you have to realize that they might not be available, you know, as quickly as what you were used to having them because everyone in the whole world feels like you do, you know? So... There's going to have to be a great deal of patience brought to the marketplace because everyone is dealing with all this anxiety at at, at all times. Yeah, no, I think it's true. And let me read you a couple of other stats. This um, this came out in the daily briefing for advisory.com in March. 23% of Americans said they wouldn't feel comfortable going maskless until 2022 or later. 19% 19% of Americans said they would they would feel comfortable attending a live entertainment event again in 2022 or later. And 18% of Americans said they would wait until 2022 to travel. So there you go. And then 21%, yeah. right? 21%. And then what's going to be different, Patricia, in, you know, in four or five months? I mean, that, you know, we've been struggling this whole year with, is the pandemic over? Is it really a pandemic or now is it just an epidemic of, of a virus that has, you know, strains that are very, you know, uh, very spreadable? And is it part of life? You know, are we going to have to start just realizing that we've, 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 got, we've got viruses that we've always had. These are, are worse 
probably than some we've ever, you know, some we've had in the, in the last 20 years. And we've got to be able to continue to work and, and go out and, and be social and, and, you know, kind of move through these things, move through this process of fear that's out there that kind of radiates through everything. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting when you said that about four or five months, because this was written in March, and this is interesting. It said 21% of Americans expect the summer of 2021 to be when life returns to normal. Summer 2021 is the target. <laughs> right? But it moves, we keep right? Looking it moves forward. forward. Every three months, we keep thinking <laughs> it's going to get better, and it doesn't. <laughs> I know. I mean, and, and let me read you this. Um, respondents predicted that they would feel comfortable resuming normal activities in the summer, including dining and drinking outdoors, working out at a gym, shopping indoors, and hugging someone. But that's only like 16%. So, you know, I think the lesson here is that we just can't count on this. We don't know. No. And that's causing no, more I, anxiety, I, Paula. That's the problem. Exactly. Exactly. And then you've got, you know, the country at a, you know, at odds over things, um, not in agreement over things, and still a lot of investigations going on and into what really happened and where did this thing really come from and is it a, you know, is it a bioterror type of you know, type of thing, or is it really just, you know, an accidental release of something that happened in China, and we we all just have to kind of get over it. But the problem is, you know, it's morphing, it's moving around, it's recreating itself, which is what viruses do. I think most people have, over the years, they've just, they've gotten prescriptions, they go home for a couple of days, they get over it, they go back, they get something else in the fall, they get a cough in the winter that something else happens. It's it's you know, this is this is kind of life. But for some reason we've chosen not to treat this with anything other than Tylenol yeah. and yeah. tell people to go yeah. home and go to bed. And so, you know, you're the strongest people are the ones that are surviving. Yes, and absolutely. so that's the thing that I keep trying to talk to people in Bama about is you know, we've got to make sure we maintain our healthy practices and that we don't get afraid and not go to the gym and work out or we don't, you know, go go outside and get our walk or we don't, you know, um, worry about what the other person's doing, whether they're vaccinated or whether they're not. That's really none of your business. So we've got Mm -hmm. to make sure we keep the, the front door of, you know, of our business this safe as possible, which means we're still continuing our temperature checks. We're still continuing our, uh, you know, COVID tests, the rapid COVID tests and, and things like that. And, and that's what we're doing and we're encouraging and we're giving information mm-hmm. and trying to say to folks, that, you know, it's there if you want it. The vaccines are there. They're free. You know, yeah. we brought a, a few times, we brought a few mobile vans over. But I'll tell you, Patricia, it, as much as we've tried to put uh, all the excuses to bed, we still only have about 50% of our population that was willing to get the vaccine. Really? And, and really? It's, it's not the communities that you think that aren't getting it. It's, it's, our, it's our diverse communities. It's our Hispanic populations. It's our um, African Americans. It's, you know, it's in those populations which we're trying to bring forth 
a lot of education and a well, lot of information. Why do you think that is, Paula? What, what, do you, what do you think is the reason for that? I think there's different reasons for different populations. I think some people think it's some kind of uh, method for tracking that, mm-hmm. you know, if we yeah. if they get a vaccine that somehow uh, it's going to open up some people in their neighborhood that may not have their green cards or may be here, you know, in some respects yeah. illegally. Um, and so that, I think, causes a lot of stress in the Hispanic population. I think in the African-American population, what I've, what I've learned, what, what my friends have told me is that the distrust of the government um, in creating something like this that has been a problem in their population um, for centuries, you know, it's, it's not just a few years, it's a hundred years you know, of vaccine therapies that have been, you know, tested on people and used before it was really known what it was. And, you know, that's caused a lot of trauma in that community. So I think you have a lot of different reasons. Um, But I think if I was to say one particular thing, it would be a distrust of of the federal government to look out for our health and our safety. Yeah. And you said 50%. Yeah, that's a big number. Yes. That's a big number. And it was well, I, about yeah. 35% before we started bringing out the mobile vans and bringing out a lot of uh, yeah. more positive information yeah. about the vaccines. Yeah. But then we started seeing some breakthrough cases, and that's when we kind of sort of just didn't stop, but we sort of changed our discussions to one of more of a healthy you know, please stay healthy and get your, mm-hmm. right. you know, um, get your workouts in and get your food, you know, make sure your food is, is good, you know, that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're all trying our best. I think the other issue, too, is, and, and I'm, I just heard this from a student intern, and she had some health conditions, but she was vaccinated several months ago and went to, you know, went to a place in another state where there was just a huge party, everybody was totally exposed, and she came back not feeling well, and she said to me, I'm not sure I want to come by because I'm not feeling well, I'm going to get tested. And she tested positive for COVID and had had the vaccine. Yes. So, you know, I mean, now, you don't get it as badly the second time around, but still, I mean, the variant is, you, you have to still have to be careful because people are getting it even though they've been vaccinated. Right, and that's the that's the problem. That's where I sort of told my management team that you know we can bring these trucks out, these mobile you know uh, injection sites, and we can do all this. But you know, when people that have had the vaccine and got it back in January are getting sick again, I said I don't feel comfortable. It's just to me, it's just not right to say you have to get it. You know, and, and especially if it's not even going to work, you know, after, a, you know, we thought it was a year, we thought it was forever, whatever it is we thought, it's, you're getting a good three or four months out of it, maybe six months out of it, and, and then it's starting not to work. So I feel like, you know, people have been rushing around, doing their best efforts. I give everyone the benefit of the doubt and say that everyone's been doing their best efforts. And so if that's the case, it's just there's not been enough information 
that's mm-hmm. been shared, the information's been limited, or it's been, you know, um, created other sources of information that make, you know, conspiracies or whatever else that is going on out there. But I really think the, you know, the bottom line, it comes back, at least for me, it comes back to personal choice. And then as a company, we have to do everything we can to make sure that people feel as comfortable as they can to come back and that we're taking the proper practices. But I know a lot of companies, a lot of these folks that we do business with are still not back in their corporate offices. Mm-hmm. They're still not back uh, doing, you know, they're not, they're not back at the office. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're in a hybrid model here, so we're trying to give people the opportunity to, to work from home if they need to. And then we also are encouraging, you know, um, face-to-face communication as well. So we're back to having meetings. We're back to, you know, uh, fewer and fewer Zoom calls. Um, and, and we're actively, you know, engaged in getting back and seeing each other and being face-to-face in our running our business. So Absolutely. I think it's, you know, again, it comes down to some be, companies being somewhat uh, open-minded and, um, you know, a, a, able to let people make those choices for themselves. Absolutely. All right. On that note, I mean, it's it's a tough issue. I know we're all working through it together, but it's a tough issue with the vaccination. It's it's changed the way we're working. It's changing a lot of things. So my guest today is Paula A. Marshall, and she is the CEO of Bama Industries. They make all of the apple pies and fast food desserts for McDonald's, Walmart, Pizza Hut, and many fast food chains. She's been at the helm since 1984. It's a family business since some um, from for 82 years or over 82 years now and it's wonderful to have her on she's been a guest for over 10 years so stay tuned we're going to talk more to paula marshall about um i think we're going to talk about her incredible book finding the soul of big business and what s-o-u-l of big business really means stay tuned folks we'll be right back Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready to be the one to change, to stand out from others, and make a difference? Join Dr. Melissa L. Strasser for Counterbalance Conversations. You'll pick up the tools, the motivation, and the desire that you need to make sustainable changes in our world. It only takes one person to be that counterbalance. What if the counterbalance was an entire network of individuals? Think of the changes that we could make. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. 
Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on VoiceAmerica.com, America's Voice. And uh, so happy to have Paula A. Marshall with us. Paula is the CEO of Bama Industries, and they make all of the apple pies and fast food desserts for um, companies like McDonald's, as well as Walmart and Pizza Hut. And she's been at the helm since 1984. Uh, The company is over 80 years old. It started on her grandmother's kitchen table, where her grandmother made uh, apple pies. And so there's a real legacy in the family. And what Paula has really brought to the company, beside great success, is the soul, S-O-U-L, of big business. I mean, she's really followed um, principles of effective habits. And um, by Covey and by uh, Deming, she's really worked on this. And she has a lot of very happy team members, which she calls them, not employees. So welcome back, Paula. So Thank yeah. you, Patricia. Yeah, you know, what we were talking about, again, during the break, which is interesting, is that you're right, I do these webinars every day, and I do them for every kind of company and every kind of, you know, from it could be a a labor company to a trucking company to a hospital to a bank to an entertainment company to, I mean, every kind of company, every kind, cross-section from every socioeconomic and also um, employees or people who are in every kind of position from, you know, someone who is, you know, working on the line to somebody who is running the company. And I hear all the same things. This is a common denominator. Everybody is feeling the exact same thing, no matter what industry you're in. People feel lonely. Mm -hmm. They're isolated. They're scared of getting the virus. Uh, You know, they they feel like, um, you know, they're, they're afraid particularly of, of going out, there's also communication things of really sharing. And so what we talk about is how do you share openly? How do you have team meetings? How do you get your feelings across? How do you work as a team? How do you create win-wins? So it's um, it's opening people up. I also think, Paula, that it has reduced, all of this has reduced the stigma of mental health. Because, you know, a lot of these places that I'm working for have helped for employees through employee assistance programs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of people before never really use them because, you know, well, I don't want people to know I'm getting counseling. Where now I think it's more open because we all need counseling. I mean, I say in my webinars, even if you don't have a health problem or, you know, you don't have a financial issue or a relationship issue, you know someone who does. So we can all use counseling during this time. So it's pretty widespread and universal. These are raw emotions that we all have. One minute we're happy, one minute we're sad. 
because everything's changing. Right. Well, and you get different communication, like you said. You, you hear, you, you hear, you read. I mean, there's so many things on our phones. The amount of information that comes over a phone now is is absolutely overwhelming. Uh, you know, the number of apps that you can get information from. There's not just one news source. Things happen pretty quickly. You know, you get something. If you have a, a news app, you get all these, you know, things that are happening, you know, right now, this minute, and, and it could be halfway across the world. And, and then you start. It's normal for people to get afraid and get, get anxious um, because of what, all the information sources that are that are coming down to them. And then if you, you know, you cut that by, you know, am I a conservative? Am I more liberal? Do I want to hear news from here or there? And then depending on what that is, you can get all kinds of different opinions, different uh, rationales for why this should happen or that should happen or why you should do this, that, or the other. And I think that fear, that information overload, which also causes fear, I think it also causes that um, indecision, you know, and, and, and I'm going to be apprehensive about a decision. And I've seen it happening, too, in corporate America, Patricia, where my customers, who are the top, you know, international food chains in the, in the world, are schizophrenic about, to your point, whether they're coming back into the office one of my clients had a plan. It was all laid out. We're coming back into the office. They, August 15th, they had laid out, you know, yeah. 75 different meetings that they wanted us to come to and all, all across the United States. And we were all populating our calendars to be able to start traveling again and getting out to all these meetings. And then within 10 days, they were all canceled. Um, and so now you're not going to go back to work. Now I'm going to work from home. Now I'm, you know, I'm getting used to actually seeing people on Zoom and doing big decisions and making big marketing campaigns and talking to each other over Zoom and the phone and everything else. So it's like, well, why push people to go out and fly and go to all these meetings if the anxiety is so high that they won't learn anything anyway or there's nothing new to tell them? Um, and we were just going to have a meeting just to have a meeting because we've been, you know, Zooming for so long. And so, you know, when they can up and plan all these things and then they can up and cancel them the next day, it's like, what are we doing? You know, what was the point of having a meeting even if we if we can just decide we're going to cancel it again? Why don't we just keep everything on Zoom and not make everybody crazy with all the travel? But I think it's because, you know, my customers know that, we, we do learn from each other when we're face-to-face, and, it, and sometimes it is a greater service if you can make the trips and you can go see people face-to-face and you can show up and they're not afraid to talk to you and, and they're not afraid to stay in a hotel room and they're not afraid to get on an airplane. And so that's a way of life that we were accustomed to that's been gone for now, you know, a year and a half, and yeah. we're still yeah. approaching it with trepidation. You know, like you were just telling me, in March, it looked like everyone was starting to say, okay, we think the summer of 2021 yeah. we're going to get yeah, back we'll be to done. normal. Right. right? And, and now, it's, well, we're thinking maybe it's the spring of 2022 that we'll get back mm-hmm. to normal. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, this schizophrenia is so, is 
is so yeah and uh, yes and that's also part of what's happening emotionally is that one minute i mean these emotions are one minute you're happy one minute you're fearful one minute you feel great and then you start to worry is there something wrong with me no it's not that there's something wrong with you it's that everything's changing so quickly of course your emotions are going up and down because whenever there's uncertainty there's anxiety so this is what people need, need to understand Right, and when these corporate executives don't even seem to have the answers, and these are the people that are running our companies, and they're schizophrenic, you know that they're worried about the health of, you know, thousands and thousands of people, and they're stopping and starting. So it's it's across the board, I think, what you're seeing, what I'm seeing in my microcosm of my little food industry is all the same. You know, it comes down to... People are anxious. They don't know whether if they get out, get in their car and drive somewhere, if they're going to get something, if they're going to go into an office and they're going to work around people, are they going to get something? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so I think it, it, it dominates our mind. It dominates our thinking. And sometimes when you have all these negative thoughts, and one of the things I keep trying to tell people is, you know, we've got to change our thoughts because it's not, this is not going to work for us to be, the first and last thing on our minds is that I'm gonna, you're going to get sick from going somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we've got to stop, start turning that that engine around and that thought around that, you know, this is normal. This is how we've always been. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people have always gotten sick from being in communication with each other. It's yeah. never, it's not ever yeah. going to be any different. Well, so and, and, it, it, go ahead. you know, we're dealing with a very special situation that's a, a virus that could have been man-made or tampered with, and it's right. it's doubly potent than the ones that we're used right. to seeing. But, and but I let think me say that. Gonna have yeah, to, go ahead. You know, go ahead. I, no, you're right. But I think you know, and and these are principles that are in your book that you wrote. I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago, these principles that are in your book absolutely apply to what you're just talking about because everybody's scared. Things are changing all the time with the virus. And so in your book, Finding the Soul of Big Business, you have, we're talking about mission, value, and vision. And these are five basic values that most people share and should be part of the organization. I'm going to say the five of them. And I think, now you wrote these, I think these are ones that need to be employed even more now in companies than ever before. Number one, Mm People expect that life will be just and that they will be treated with integrity. So integrity produces fairness. Okay. Two, people expect authenticity. They shut down when actions don't meet words. Three, people expect that they will experience acceptance and understanding. You know, individually doesn't individuality doesn't mean holding them to different standards. Rather, they feel supported as they try to live by shared values. Organic leaders are able to be empathetic to individual needs. Number four, people expect to interact with others who are rational and respectful. They want to work with people who are rational rather than adversarial. Okay? Rational relationships are about shared vision and productivity. Adversarial relationships tend to create a lot of conflict. And five, people solve problems because that gives them purpose to live their lives. Instead of trying to control employees, give them opportunities to overcome challenges and encourage them to take chances. There you go, Polly. You wrote it. It's fabulous, yeah. and I, no. I do. I stand by those words. I stand by the what I what I wrote and what I teach my leaders at Bama to do every single day. It's you know we've we've got to respect every individual and 
their life has to matter as much as ours, and we are not going to be in the business of mandating something that people don't want to do. And that's how we've always run our business. And I think what you're going to see, Patricia, is a lot of these other business leaders, if they start having problems getting people to come to work or getting people to stay and they're quitting and they're going somewhere else or they're picketing out in front, you know, it's because they've crossed over their personal values with some, you know, with some mandate or some dictate that is not, is not respecting the other person. And so I think we as companies are going to have to step back and say, we just represent a lot of individuals with a lot of different feelings and a lot of different expressions and a lot of different, um, you know, fears and anxiety. So one of the things we have to do is just sit down and talk to each other and let's figure out ways to go around um, some of these uh, pieces of anxiety that we can, we know we can solve. It's just a matter of sitting down and talking to each other about it. Well, Paula, it's always an honor and a pleasure. It's just been an honor and pleasure to have you on the program and, you know, really, really to share. I mean, I know we're all going through a difficult time right now with COVID and the variant upon us, and there's a lot of uncertainty. But as you and, and you know, understand where we're all coming from, that's going to make a big difference, really. It sure will, Patricia. And I sure appreciate you and all the positive things that you're always putting out there in the universe. It really helps. Thank you, Paula. Thank you. All right. Stay on the line for a second. All right, folks. This wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Um, If you'd like to contact me or get a copy of my newsletter so you can see when Paula and my other guests are on, uh, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. If you're interested in doing your own podcast and getting your message out there, I can help you there, too. Again, Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. And you can also find me on Facebook, Patricia Raskin, Raskin Resources. All right. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.